There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome loves to this week's episode of In My Truth where I have an old and dear friend Sophie Vong with me. Uh, Sophie and I, I think, I'm even trying to remember how we met, I feel like it might have been through the League of Extraordinary Women in the very early days, but I could even be wrong. So I might even ask you, Soph. Um, but yeah, how, tell us a little bit about you and I'm um, really grateful to have you on the show. We've had, we've been friends for, I don't know, like six or eight years or I don't know. What is it? It feels like a really long time, doesn't it? Like, you know, time just flies yeah. just like that. And I was trying to think about how long, how did we meet? I think we did meet at, in the early days of League of Extraordinary Women back in one of the, um, in South Melbourne. In South Melbourne, when we used to yes, meet in that yes, downstairs. Yes. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> you and um, Liz and uh, Cheryl and yep. Marie. Yeah. And that, I think that, that's where I met. And then I got, I remember I got all excited that you wrote a book. <laughs> and, I, and I think I, I'm like, I want to go to the um, your office and go pick it up. I physically, I think it hadn't hit the bookshelves yet. And I'm like, I really want to go pick it up. And then I, I think I just, powered through it and read it over a weekend it was very exciting for me so I think that's how we met and yeah well I love it I feel like we've been in each other's vortex off and on throughout that whole time so I'm really grateful to have you on the show tell us a little bit about you and 
what you do and where you're at? Well, a little bit about me. I'm sort of a bit of a jack of all trades, but um, I initially started um, my my career as a marketeer or a marketer. And I worked in, you know, global organisations like Deloitte and all those sorts of things. And then I started my own business as a, um, in an accounting practice, actually doing accounting stuff and like, oh, what is this stuff? You know, running a business versus actually doing this stuff, it's actually different. And that's, I think that's sort of how I met you guys through the league because I was really struggling. That's with, right. I remember, yeah, mm. you had your bookkeeping business with a family member, wasn't that's it? That's right. Or, that's right. And Yeah, yeah, I remember now, yeah. That's sort of cool. how we connected. I think that's how, because of the league, it brings such so many small business owners together. Um, it was a bit of a hub for, for all that to, you know, bounce ideas off and, you know, that was, the, that was your I think, intention really. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me and let's just jump straight into what your, what your truth or untruth is that you're wrangling right now. Well, this is, this is, this is a very interesting one. So, um, so just to give give a bit of background is that um, as a child, I was diagnosed with um, a mental health condition and I've lived with it and I've been, no one really knew about it. And I think about five years ago or similar time to when um, we met, um, I think you really, something really inspired me that I really wanted to share it because no one knew about it. It's one of those things that's quite shameful, mm-hmm. comes with a lot of shame involved. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm just going to post a Facebook um, page and share about my, my journey about it. And I started sharing it with my friends and the shame sort of went away. They just said to me, you know, we just thought you were just our friend. We didn't see you as this person with mental health stigma. So that's sort of where it started. I mean, I went on this, um, I guess, journey, not really a journey, but I really went, wanted to go um, on a path where it was completely natural and I wasn't heavily relying. Mm-hmm. What age were you when you were diagnosed? Um, 16. 16, yep. And what, what is the health condition, if you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, so what the doctors have labelled me with, and I sort of want to loosely put it in talking marks, labelled is yep. um, a condition called schizoaffective disorder, which is sort of a combination of schizophrenia and bipolar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it's sort of, I actually can function with it um, and I sort of live with it, but it, I have acute circumstances where I sort of have an episode and then I, I sort of, rise back up out of the episode and keep trotting along as, as if life didn't happen, you know, like, like, do you know what I mean? Like yep. that's sort of what I was diagnosed with. And what, when you say you'll have an episode, like what does that feel like or what is that experience like for you? What does that entail? Good question. Um, <laughs> and if you don't want to go there, we don't have to. No. You, you can direct me to what's relevant for you to discuss today um, as well. I'd love to share with you um, and, and the listeners what, what I go through. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always been, since I started that journey five, six years ago, I've been very open about it. And the amount of conversations that I've started with people that they've openly shared about their journey, they're like, wow, I haven't shared that with anyone before. Oh, that's so powerful. Good on yourself. Mm. So I might, um, the paranoid side might be that, and that I might feel like people are talking about me. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty normal. Like we as human beings um, think sometimes, oh, people are judging us and talking about us. And they, it, it well might be true, but 
it would get quite acute that I feel people are talking about me, following me, um, to the point where, like, um, that's one aspect of it. I mean, there are aspects where I just can't get out of my bedroom. Mm -hmm. I just think that, um, yeah, I can't get out of my bedroom because some days it's, like, it's too hard. I just stay in my bedroom and I stay underneath my quilts for a little bit and then there's this voice in my head going, so what are you doing in bed? You're perfectly functioning. Get out of bed. You're so lazy. (laughs) (laughs) But that's sort of the extremes of it and um, to the point where I have been hospitalised and, you know, and been heavily medicated and there's a a point for it that, you know, that um, there is a place for it, but I don't think it's a long-term solution. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well thank you Mm. so much for sharing all of that and I commend your bravery sharing today and also through your own platforms and everything Mm. um fast forward to today where do you find yourself and what's what's coming up well what's coming up for me is I have spent um so much time and resources and all this to try and get better the amount of naturopaths and um psychiatrists and psychologists and you know, just I've tried everything and I'm like, why am I still not well? Mm-hmm. And um, in the last couple of weeks, I've sort of been grappling with the fact that um, there's a saboteur within me mm-hmm. that um, I've remained not well um, so that um, I can get receive the love and support from my mum and dad because I felt I never got the love from them. And by staying sick, it's allows me to receive the love from them wow yeah it's just i've got goosebumps Mm, that's intense sorry i'm just actually tearing up a bit it's okay i feel you i feel it it's big really brave of you to share this and really brave of you to see it I think it's amazing yeah wow Mm. and so talk us through a little bit more around how how are you feeling that you've identified that and how are you feeling that like what are the next steps? What are you, I think, how many days have you kind of been sitting with this, I guess, and, and where to from here? Or are you just kind of, how does it feel right now? It feels like it's it's sort of like in my, I physically feel it in my gut area, like sort of in my womb area. Mm-hmm. And it's like something that needs to move. And I've been sitting with it for the last couple of weeks or so and it's been quite intense and I feel it's sort of kind of unraveling still. There are moments where it's like, oh, I, you know, this is great because I'm, I feel that I've got a hold on what is going on and, but I still have to come to terms with it. So I'm, I'm working with, with my kinesiologist to sort of clear the energy and clear a lot of that so that I don't, I don't want to stay in my story, Sarah. I'm sort of sick of it. Yep. And I just want to just move forward with my life and and be positive about it. Okay, this happened, and then I've realised the saboteur that 
has happened and the the truth of it. Mm-hmm. But I just want to. It's sort of unpacking in other in aspects of my life, in work, and in my relationships because I've been feeling a little bit. It's like that story has been taken away. Is is unravel like you've got to the nugget of the mm-hmm. <laughs> of you, you're mining and you get to that nugget and it's like wow and the last couple of days have been quite intense for me where I felt all my symptoms paranoia and all of that are coming back up again yeah <laughs> and it's just it's really fascinating to sit with it and go ah oh, it's that story it's that voice in my head and it's been it's been playing out and it's been tough mm. Wow, the power of the power of it all, the power of our minds, I suppose. Um, have you identified the triggers? So I guess this is very uh, like it's hitting me because of my own situation with my asthma. Wow! For thirty-eight years, I had asthma. I took a steroid inhaler every single day, and a couple of months ago, I woke up from a, a nightmare in which I was being strangled. Oh wow! And I just had this like intense feeling that I, it was time for me to heal my asthma. And I thought it was going to be a physical journey. Um, I thought I was going to be like juice cleansing and fasting and I don't know, doing all of these things physically, uh, maybe even looking at like breath work and certain types of exercise. And I imagined it was going to be a long journey. And two days later after this dream, I was journaling and everything that came out was around how my asthma had served me as a child um, to get unconditional love from my parents because whenever I had an asthma attack, oh, wow. they would drop everything and take me to hospital. And the funny thing was it basically, I realized that day that I hadn't taken my medication for a few days mm. and I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then I just stopped taking it and I haven't taken it since. It's been three months and I'm completely clear of any asthma symptoms. Mm. What I have noticed on that journey, and before I go ahead, I think it's important to say, like, I'm not a medical professional. Yeah. (laughs) Neither is Sophie. Neither am I. We're just. Yeah. This is just my experience and what's happening to me. And I don't, I don't want to kind of be promoting anything any one way. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're probably. I'm the same. Coming across the same way. 100%. Yeah. 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 Um, But what I've noticed for myself was ever since the times where I have ended up with like a kind of tight chest or a wheezy wheezy tightness in my chest, like asthmatic symptoms. It's been when something has happened in one of my relationships, um, friend, family, my ex-partner, whatever it might be, where I've received some form of communication from them or a situation has arisen where I feel like potentially um, I feel triggered into that that old abandonment wound that like, oh my gosh, I've disappointed them. I've upset them. They're going to leave me. They're going to hate me. Then I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. And at the same time, my chest gets tight and heavy. And it's been incredible to witness it and to then figure my way through it. Like how do I release the emotions around my trigger, my abandonment wound trigger? And as and when I do, my chest just opens up again. So as I say, I'm not a doctor, but I can only tell, <laughs> talk about what I'm experiencing. And I, yeah. Like my mind is really, really blown right now. I think I've always believed in the power of our minds and how, how possible it is to heal, but experiencing it myself is a whole different thing. And I think I always thought other illnesses, I was like, well, my asthma is asthma is asthma. Like I get it for other people and other illnesses, but I'm stuck with this. And far out. So it's turned out 
I haven't. And it pretty much resolved within sort of five or six or seven days, I think, from discovering what this original, like how it was serving me, I guess, and how, what it was giving me in my life and from my childhood. But I think it still kind of served that purpose to be my friend, be there for me, always be something I could rely on, this constant, that it would never abandon me um, and that I could get, you know, unconditional love. Basically, if I have an asthma attack, if I had one right now, anyone around me would drop anything to get me to the hospital. So I can see, thankfully, I haven't had one as an adult, but I can see how it served me as a child. So I'm very much relating to you and very much... um, yeah, just like my own mind is blowing, I'm super curious about it all right now. So I think the point of my little ramble here and my question is, have you observed yet or noticed like any kind of trigger points that would put you back to feeling as though, I guess, is it the same thing for you is probably what I'm asking. Like, is it, you feel some kind of trigger and then that's what you want that love. And so is that how it sort of starts going down the path or I don't know, talk me through where you're at with it. Um, Cause it's still fairly new. Yeah. This has sort of come about and um, come about so recently um, in the last sort of week or so, particularly in the last couple of days. And I'm trying to attribute it. Is it my menstrual cycle? Is it this, this, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I've, I've noticed that I'm thinking like overthinking things. Like it's my analytical brain going, oh, this is triggering triggering me because is this happening because of this? And like just yesterday I was um, having a moment with my boyfriend and, I, I, and I'm like, I was just in tears. I was like sad. I was upset and I couldn't work out what it was. And I'm like, am I trying to get attention again? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it's flowing through to that aspect and this is this is quite recent that it happened yesterday and I'm like am I am I receiving more attention and I'm like no I just need more sleep and I'll be fine and you know Mm -hmm. it's sort of still unraveling Sarah what amazing um what an amazing discovery and what amazing (laughs) self-awareness and it's almost like too much self-awareness it's like I'm catching myself I'm like that's good but then you can overanalyze it too (laughs) I'm the queen overanalyzer don't worry (laughs) favorite thing to do is analyze and dissect my emotions and where I'm at and what's going on. And sometimes it does get overwhelming. I go down rabbit holes where I cannot see the light of day because of my analysis. Like, uh, yeah. Analysis kind of crazy paralysis. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything becomes less clear when what I'm trying, what I'm searching for and grasping for is clarity. And I think the, the key to this is actually to just be, mm-hmm. just, yeah. just to be with it and, sort of nurture that inner child in us. It's like, okay, I hear you. This is this is what you're feeling right now. And it's like, I hear you. I'm going to sit with you and be with you because you're okay. Ultimately, we're all okay. Oh, man, I feel that, yeah. You know, I sat with a girlfriend who's another master analyzer and dissector just recently, and we had a, an amazing conversation as we always do. But I observed something in myself that she, we both analyze and dissect in the same way, but I observed something in my language that was different to hers. And I observed that I come at it from this position that there's something wrong with me and something broken that needs to be fixed Mm. versus I noticed in her language, she's just curious about what's going on. (laughs) Like she's not judging. She's not, she's not saying, you know, you know, we might be diving into like a situation, say with a romantic partner or whatever it might be. It could be anything work, 
and she's coming at it just to try to understand herself, to understand the other person, but she's not judging. And I realized like, I'm always judging myself. Like I'm analyzing and dissecting to understand and gain clarity the same way she is, but I'm coming at it from this perspective that there's something wrong with me versus mm. just like being like openly curious about why am I like that? And that was like fucking groundbreaking. I was like, oh my gosh, like I just am this way and I love to try to figure things out and I love to understand my behavior and my behavior is not or my emotions or my feelings mm. or whatever. And none of it is right or wrong. It just is. And it's been super freeing. Like it's only been a few days, but I'm like, wow, that's very freeing to just allow myself to dive in and dissect and observe and try to understand, but without judgment and without placing it, like without seeing it as a problem of my, of my, of me, of who I am that needs to be solved. That's very cool. Uh, if I can share my kinesiologist, we always walk away with sort of mantras mm-hmm. and she shared with me, it's, it is what it is. It's not good nor bad. Mm. It is what it is. And it sort of neutralizes it. It's amazing. So there's no energy. It's neither good nor bad. It's, it is what it is. So another thing actually that's popped up for me um, is that there's this voice in my head that goes, um, you're not good enough. And that, and that sort of comes up all the time and that's actually been coming up in the last couple of days that I know that I know how to do this but I don't know if it's a is it it's part of that journey of dissecting of what's happened but that voice said to me oh you're not good enough even in a relationship I'm not good enough to be in this relationship um you're going to abandon me because I'm crazy (laughs) and because I've been openly sharing with him what goes on and I'm like he's gonna leave me seriously he's gonna leave me (laughs) but I mean he he already knew that um you had this diagnosis right this label yeah (laughs) yeah but now you're feeling that he might leave you for my craziness (laughs) like this new journey yeah or yeah um yeah um but it's not 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 truth because he's like you know I'm gonna be here for you regardless um but it's just crazy that I would think that he would abandon me because I've shared with him my craziness and I guess it might have happened in the past that, you know, when people are not ready, when you're sharing with friends and they don't know how to handle it, they stop talking to you. It's not because they hate you or anything like that. It's because they don't know how to handle it as a person to, to support you through it. And you don't take it personally, but in the past I would have taken it personally. Well, it's very challenging. And as, as when we're younger and we have less life experience, we genuinely don't know how to handle it. And I have a very dear friend who's suffered depression off and on, over the years. And I remember, you know, when I was much younger, I was a terrible support to her because I just had no idea. I didn't know what she was going through. I didn't know like how to fix it. I guess I probably wanted to fix it for her or her healthy. And I just battled Mm. so much with knowing how to be a support. And I look back and I think I was probably a shitty friend a lot of the time because I couldn't understand it. I couldn't get it. And I would just think, Oh, just be happy (laughs) or something like that. Whereas now, you know, having experienced just moving through bouts of feeling depressed myself now I'm like, Oh, like I have a totally different appreciation understanding of it. Obviously also just being older, going through more, it's not age, but it's just like years on the planet, I suppose, going through more things. I just have a lot more empathy and tolerance and a lot more curiosity and wisdom wisdom around the situation. So, you know, I think that's a part of the journey. It's a challenging part of the journey. It would have been a challenging part of the journey for you, I'm sure, when people couldn't cope, but 
you know, as you get older, you probably have different experiences now because people are more able to cope because they've experienced more things themselves. Correct. And the interesting thing is that I've always thought with mental health, you can't physically see it. That's That's the challenge that we face as people trying to take care of friends or family about it or it's almost like but you look perfectly fine yeah. you know <laughs> what's wrong and even even myself I'm like but so you look fine you're good mm. you don't have a cold you're not it's not like you've got a broken arm or anything you can't physically see it so in the past I used to imagine what if I put a bandage around my head maybe people will I would people will understand that I'm having a bad day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny um have you spoken to your parents at all yet about this revelation you have? Um, that's a very good question, Sarah. Um, I haven't actually because um, I've always kept a lot of things to myself mm-hmm. um, and it's probably something I would w- would want to explore with them, but I want to sort of process it a bit more so that they can, and we sort of have language because I I'm super good with English, but my parents come from an ethnic background. So I'd have to somehow translate this back into Cantonese. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got some sort of language challenges because it's like, how do you how do you say that in Cantonese? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel in time, I feel I love to be more, not to be more open, but once I've processed it more, I love to, you know, speak to them about it but I don't know what how much of that debt they'll get they'll get because it's not that um they haven't done the work on themselves so they're not going to get what I'm going to get mm-hmm. you know what I mean like they're not going to get what I'm actually sharing maybe that maybe I am judging that too much maybe they'll get what they will get yeah I mean in my experience I shared with my mum what was happening with my asthma or lack thereof Mm. um, fairly soon. And understandably she was just worried and she was like, be really careful going off your medication and all that. And I I knew, I mean, I was there just going, oh my God, am I like, is this the stupidest thing ever? Like, should I really just be going off my medication like this? And again, disclaimer, I'm absolutely not recommending anyone do that. This is literally just my journey and I'm only a couple of months in. So let's just hold the phone and, you know, the proof will but be. you've got your puffer around. You've got your puffer I do. around. I you do. do have one. You just, you just take a spray and you're yeah, good. Exactly. And I've, I've been very <laughs> smart like that in terms of just, or vigilant, I should say, of just ensuring I still have my medication and all of that. But yes. for a couple of months in, and I think intuitively I know where I'm at, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not going to deem it to be so. But anyhow, mum was, you know, Sarah, just be very careful. And then she also shared with me, like, I don't know that that's true. Like, you know, we did love you as a child and you did have love and, you know, you really did have asthma like that. I don't think you put that on. And so it was, it was an interesting conversation because I, I, I didn't put it on consciously. Like it was all a very subconscious thing. And I know my parents absolutely did love me unconditionally, but my experience of childhood may have felt that, you know, I wasn't loved unconditionally or whatever it might've been. Um, but it's not to say my mum wasn't an amazing parent and my dad wasn't an amazing parent. They didn't actually love me unconditionally. This was just the experience that I was having um, for whatever reasons. And I've, I've dove into some of those reasons, but yeah, it just seems that, that that's kind of what played out at a subconscious level. So yeah, understandably mum was a bit like one, don't just be, she was worried about me and uh, about me now. And two, she was, you know, somewhat defensive of my, uh, 
interpretations of my childhood, which I think is to be expected. And mom, if you're listening, I love you. You're the most amazing mom ever. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, as parents, they have another journey being a parent. It's like, oh shit, did I really do that? You know, um, did I really not be a good parent? You know, they, they will go into this, going into this, into their own self-talk going, shit, did I, did I do my part? Yeah. So exactly. that's another journey in itself. I, I always think, what have I put my parents through, you know? <laughs> and now if I go and share with them this, it's like, oh my God, what would they think? It's like, did you just do all that just to get attention? You know? <laughs> yeah. But I think you certainly didn't do it consciously if, if no, this is what turned out to it. be and the same for me. And if this is an amazing opportunity to heal, whether that's, you know, fully or just a little bit to gain a little more freedom from whatever it is that ails us. You know, I don't think any of this stuff is ever sub, uh, is ever conscious. It's all at a subconscious level and how beautiful if there is just an opportunity to free us a little bit from it. Like we shouldn't judge that either. I, I would guess I would say. Yeah, you're right, Sarah. Yes, you're always right. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not always right, my goodness. <laughs> no, not always right, but it's just another insight to, you know, we have that mirror to sort of shine that back to us. Yeah. So that we aren't so tough on ourselves, which we are. We're, we're our own worst enemies. I think so, yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> very true. And even back to my mom, like I, I want to have these conversations with her. My dad's passed away, so I can't really talk with him about it. But I want to have these conversations with my mom, but it is very it's challenging because I want to understand and know more about my childhood. So, cause I'm really trying to know and understand who I am now and what roles my childhood played and what they didn't. Um, but I, I fully understand that for her, that could sometimes potentially feel like I'm attacking the way I was raised or whatever. And that's not it because yeah, that's not it. man, being a parent must be the hardest thing. And I think a little bit of truth that's coming up for me right now. Like I don't, I don't have kids and I've always thought I don't want to have kids. And I think actually a big part of that is just like that fear of like having to parent someone. Like, I don't know if I'd be good at it. I think that's what I think. And having to watch someone go through all the different chat, like I've found life quite challenging at times. Not always. I've had a friggin' amazing life as well, but I've definitely suffered at times. And I think there's a part of me that doesn't want to be a parent because I don't want to watch somebody suffer and I don't want to contribute to the suffering and I don't want to get it wrong and blah, blah, blah. That's just like literally come out of nowhere for me right now. So, Oh, no, <laughs> totally not out of nowhere. Well, that's the same for me because I consciously chose that I didn't want to be a parent because I didn't want to take, I didn't want them to go through what I've been through. Mm. So I wanted to take the responsibility of going, well, it's been so super tough for me. I mean, it's, it's been a roller coaster, but it's, you know, it all balances out and I've had an incredible life. I don't want to sit on my laurels and, you know, say that all, all of my life has been shit, but I've taken the responsibility. It's like, because in, you know, there's, there's evidence to say that um, mental health is genetic. So if I, I don't want to put my child through what I've been through, mm. it's like, I hell no. Why would I want to put them through what I've been through? But that could be, a little bit of what you talked about that, you know, um, do we want to um, parent and take this responsibility on? Cause it's tough, tough being a parent. Oh, man. Yeah. This is, you know? this is big for me. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> have we opened a can yeah, of worms? I feel like it's a whole nother episode. <laughs> yeah. I feel so. <laughs> oh God. Well, it's been amazing to chat today about the mental health stuff and about just health in general and how much of it is potentially in our heads or at least worth exploring. Um, 
thank you for your sharing your experience and thank you for, I guess, holding space for me to talk a little bit about mine, but also to tap into this untruth that I feel like I'd love to dive into right now, but we don't have time around parenting. My goodness. <laughs> we'll have to record another show. So we'll have to. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Is there anything that's come out of today that you want to finish off with just like any insights or how you're going to move forward or anything further that's, um, that's been triggered by our conversation? Um, probably I want to sit with it, sit with these more because I'm, I'm, I'm very impatient as we all are because we're of that generation. <laughs> I just want this solved and it would just solve all the rest of my problems, you know, but I just want to be more patient and yeah. be more gentle with it. And it is what it is. I love that. I think taking our time with things like this is really important at the same, at the same time as we have this optimism and this high of like, wow, this is really possible. This is amazing. I think it's safe and important to just observe how we progress and, and to really understand it, I guess, like my understanding of my triggers and what's been going on for me, it's been a couple of months and it's been such a journey to understand more of myself and how all of these things manifest. So it's been, it's been a cool experience. It's been a cool experience and, and it, this onion layer just keeps unraveling, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes we're like, but we just worked on that. How, why is this coming yeah. up again? Do you know what I mean? Oh man. So, so many layers. <laughs> <laughs> many, many layers. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Oh, I, if you could see me now, I'm just sort of doing my namaste, you know, like thank you, just a, yeah. just a bow, thank you. Thank you I'm so much. And yay. <laughs> I honour you so. Thank you so much for joining me today. And it's been an absolute pleasure as always. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcast or sarahregelhuth.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregelhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.